So hi, good evening. Um, thank you so, so much for agreeing to do this with me. Um, yeah, so how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's a great weekend, nice weather today. So yeah, and it's good to be here. Mm, that's good. It's always um, nice. So anyways, do you mind telling us like what part of the world you're in? Uh, currently, I'm in Canaso, Georgia. It's about 30, 35 minutes from Atlanta. So yeah, I'm in Georgia currently, United States of America, of course. Thanks for specifying. <laughs> um, okay, so um, honestly, thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. Um, I hope to learn you know, a lot from you and hopefully you can learn something from me as well. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, just to, you know, start us up, um, you can like, you know, introduce yourself um, and basically share as much or as little as you want to. Um, this is like a safe space um, uh -huh. for you to feel as comfortable as possible. So yeah, feel free to introduce yourself. You don't have to give like your full name or anything like that. Like if you want to use like a pseudonym, it's like feel free. Um, yeah. But yeah, just something we can use to kind of like identify you um, bye. So, yeah. Hey, so um, where do I start? This is such an open-ended question, but I'll try to, you know, keep it short. I can narrow it down <laughs> for you, you know, like, I mean, what I mean, like, introduce yourself, like, okay, what's your background? What do you like do for work? Um, I just like, just like a brief overview of like who you are. Yeah, um, definitely. Okay, so um, my name is Abdul. Uh, born, bred, and buttered in Nigeria, Abuja, Nigeria, precisely. Um, the second child uh, in a family of four. You know, they say the second ones are always really mischievous. I don't know how true that is. I'm a second child. I'm the second child. Are you mischievous? Probably. I am not. <laughs> okay, uh, you need to ask my siblings that. I don't want to speak for myself. Well, yeah, so grew up in a very typical Nigerian home, you know, very close relationship with my siblings and, you know, my parents, very, very strict mom. My mom uh, was a teacher for about 30 years. Dad, a uh, civil servant, you know, worked in the government, really, you know, chilled guy, really cool. Yeah, so I grew up in that kind of a household um spent most of my life in Nigeria before I traveled to the UK for my master's and then after that I landed here in the States and as far as like what I love to do hmm, I love to meet people I like to you know um understand people's perspective of things so really I think that's one of the reasons why I like to meet people I like to have great interactions great conversations um i dabble in a lot of different things you know um i call myself a uh, master of all trades because <laughs> uh i am a well into sustainability particularly in the environmental space so environmental sustainability is my thing uh also i like to call myself an uh, information technology enthusiast so i do a lot of you know stuff in it as well so i'm just all over the place really and of course, one of my biggest achievements, I'm married with a the father of two beautiful children. I have a five-year-old son and a eight-month-old daughter. So yeah, I think uh, <laughs> that covers a little bit about you know myself. Oh my God, she's eight months already. Oh yeah. Not to like deviate from the focus, <laughs> but like that's exciting. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for introducing yourself and, you know, just sharing all that information with us. Um, I really, truly appreciate it. Um, you know, it sounds like you do a lot, you know, how do you, you know, do every, put everything together? How do you balance it out? You know, how does that work? Well, I'm just uh, the kind of person who I like to be busy. <laughs> I, I don't know how I became like this. I was never a workaholic, you know, when I was much younger. I like to I like to sleep a lot. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe it's the build or uh responsibilities that has that have driven me. I don't yeah. think like 
I think the responsibilities. I don't know, but uh, you know, but really, I just re I like to learn new stuff. I like to do new things, set new goals. You know, uh, break new boundaries and stuff like that. And whenever I have interest in something, I just get into it and I start doing it. I try to grow myself in it. So mm -hmm. I, I just never like to be idle. So. I think that has driven me to just be all over the place. Yeah, as a matter of fact, when I have when I have a break and it becomes too long, if it's more than a day or two, I begin to get restless. Like I just want to do something. I don't know if that's a good thing, but <laughs> that's where I find I myself. actually like I actually think it kind of is. You know, there's like a thing, I'm not Christian or anything, but like there's a saying that like I think in the Bible that an idle man is the devil's workshop or whatever. Um so yeah, I mean I think being busy is like you know what? I said it's not just the devil's workshop, it's an empty pocket as well. So that part Yeah, well, true, it is an empty pocket, but like my point is like when you're not like if you don't have enough things to do, like there's obviously that like propensity to like now do like bad things or things you should not be doing I feel so it's it's definitely better to be busier than not mm -hmm. obviously everyone reason. should rest as well rest is like a very important aspect of like self-care and like mental health um mm -hmm. so, you know, rest is good so don't like definitely don't try <laughs> I rest on Sundays so wow that's a rest day too very organized person <laughs> try to be but yeah, so no, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go to the next question. Um, so what made you agree to spend this time with me today? You know, like you said, you're such a busy person doing, you know, sustainability stuff, IT enthusiast, you know, you, you just have the like, father of two kids. It's just, it's a lot, you know, obviously. So thank you so much for, like I said, for taking out the time to be with me here today. Um, so my question is, you know, what made you agree to spend this time with me here today? Like, why were you like, of all the 1,001 things I could be doing with my life today, I will, me, Abdul, I'll be here with like Farida. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I guess it's, it's, it's really uh, an avenue for me to, you know, express some of my personal experience. I mean, of course, the title of the podcast is burn with it right and burn with, uh, with this yeah so for someone who you know happens to be in a situation where I'm a caregiver to someone who was born with a condition you know I just wanted to share like my journey from the moment it started to like how I've been dealing with it from the very beginning when I heard the news you know it's it's been it's it's really been something that happened in phases, and I just really wanted to, you know, share how I've been able to deal with it and see if this could either be helping somebody or this if this could also be informing, you know, someone as well. So that's really yeah. why I chose to do this. Yeah, honestly, thank you so much again for saying that. Um, yeah, the whole point of this, um, you know, this whole process and this whole journey um, for me is kind of to obviously create awareness about different illnesses and how essentially they affect people's lives. Um, so I really just, you know, truly want to understand like your perspective, how does like a specific illness that we're going to, a specific illness rather that we're going to, you know, um, you know, bring more light about um, really true. Like how does that affect your life? Um, what does that mean for the people around you? and you know you know all those things um so i'm actually going to like introduce it a little bit and then i'm just going to kind of let you kind of guide the conversation a little bit well actually i will be guiding the conversation you will be like you are the chopping board chopping board yeah. yes uh -huh. but yeah so yeah so we're gonna we're gonna do this um so yeah um so tell me about your experience um with sickle cell anemia and what got you into the space? Okay, so um, with sickle cell anemia, um, I actually, I would say I was born into the space because I happen to be a sickle cell carrier, which is someone who has a sickle cell trait. I don't have a full-blown like sickle cell disease, but I have the traits. 
and uh, so I'm AS. So, okay, Abdu, Abdu, I'm gonna like pause you for a bit because I do want to give like some slight background. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that would help. Have, yeah, who don't have like, um, like, you know, like a medical background or who have just like never heard of like sickle cell before. Um, so there is sickle cell disease essentially and the sickle cell tree. Um, so Abdul is basically saying that, you know, he's like a sickle cell carrier. So he has the trait, but he doesn't have the disease. Essentially, because sickle cell is an autosomal recessive disease, you need two, um, you need like basically two alleles and alleles are essentially variants of a gene. So you need double of the same thing essentially to be able to be diagnosed with sickle cell disease. And he basically only has like half of it. So like he only has like one and like he has like irregular, um, like the regular sickle. So he's like 50, 50, at least that's like a, an okayish way I would say of explaining it. Um, so it's like, he only like, he only carries like, he only has some sickled um, blood cells in him as opposed to like the full blown, like, you know, all sickled red blood cells, which will then make it very difficult for him to kind of like survive and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the main difference between like being like a carrier of the trait and being like having like a full blown like disease. Um, essentially, if you're like recessive, it means that you basically have to have like two copies of the same um, gene to be diagnosed with the disease. But if it's like a recessive, if it's recessive, you only you need both. But if like it's dominant, you only need one to essentially like get the disease. I feel like I'm not explaining this properly. But yeah, like, so <laughs> yeah, you definitely give, uh, give uh, a, a great background, you know, to that. So it's kind of like, I'm just gonna use it, say the way it is. So sickle cell disease, um, I know there are different variants of it, but you have like, a, say let's say the normal blood cells will be A and the sickle cell will be S, right? You need to have both, you need to have two S's, which is SS. That means you have both, uh, both of them are sickle and that's what gives you like a full-blown disease. People who have half would be like AS, which is what I am. And, um, you know, uh, I'm not an expert with like blood uh, types and, you know, uh, genotypes, but yeah. So I'm AS and SS is like a full-blown disease. And um, so being someone who was born with, uh, you know, as a carrier or someone who has a trait, I kind of have the education, you know, growing up in Nigeria, sickle cell disease is a big deal. You know, I've had friends and family who have lost to the disease. And so I would say my parents did a good job with creating that awareness from childhood, you know, always letting me know that you can't. So basically if two people who are, who are carriers, two people who have the trait meets and get married, there's a possibility that they could have a child that have, um, you know, the sickle cell disease, which means if I'm AS and I'm married to somebody who's AS, there's a 25% chance that we're going to have a child with, a, with SS. Which oh, is... I'm actually going to put you on the spot a little bit. What is the probability that you have a child that is AA? Oh, uh, that's 50%, I believe. Yeah, not... Are you doing that math right? Is it 50 or 25? <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, SS, no, actually it's 25%. If SS is 25, 25%, AA is also 25%. Mm-hmm. And I think AS is should be 50%. Yeah, it's so I'm I'm gonna tell you what it is. Um AA is 25%, AS I believe is 50%, and then SS is uh-huh. SS is 25%. Um so yeah, I I did want to put you on the spot. You you tried, you tried. <laughs> okay, you know, I'm a, it's it's yes, I would say I actually um that got me, you know, to like be aware of the disease very early in my life. So I knew about it. I know actually growing up, I broke up some relationship when I found out that, you know, the other person also has a trait, which means I didn't want to take chances. And I know this is going to bring us to the question of, okay, of course, my, uh, my son has sickle cell disease. And this oh, no, also... we haven't, we haven't gone there yet. You know, <laughs> okay. I actually did want to add something before you, we were getting there, but I did want to add something before we do get there, actually. Um, okay. So there's actually a misconception that I kind of wanted to like clarify and with like this probability, it's not like, oh, if you have like 
your first child, you have a 25% chance with like your, like you, you have like amongst all the children that you have, right? It's like each time you have the pregnancy, you have like a 25% chance of getting a, a 50% child chance rather of having like an AS kid and a 25% chance rather of having an SS kid. Um, so essentially it's like with each pregnancy, I feel like some people actually think that like, it's like, oh, like you're something. Cause I had a conversation with someone like a couple, like a month ago and they were like, oh, like each, they thought it was like across like their kids. Like, so if you have like four kids, like there's a 25, uh-huh. like I was like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Like brother, that's not it. Um, so that's also something that I want to like clarify. It's like we each pregnancy, like, you know, that, you know, you end up like taking term. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, very correct. Um, pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it's a 25% chance of having, you know, a child with sickle cell disease with every pregnancy. And uh, so for me, it's uh, so having, uh, so I'm just going to, you know, give a, a, a brief um. Uh, backstory to how I we eventually ended up with a child that has sickle cell disease some of you know with for someone who has all this uh um awareness and for someone who has a trade who knows that okay I shouldn't be with somebody who has a trade as well because there's a chance of giving birth to a child that has sickle cell disease. And, and as a matter of fact, this has always been like a big fear of mine. You know, growing up when I was back in Nigeria, I was very conscious of it. And um, when I moved to the States, you know, where I met my wife, it, it was like, so I don't know if there's, a, if there's a word for this thing where you, there's a possibility that you're more conscious of things that happen more in your environment. Say you live in a place where there's a lot of uh, breaking into cars, you know, you might want to put extra I mean, security that just in, like, in your car. Yeah. Awareness is <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think awareness could, could, could be the word for it. But so what I'm trying to explain is that when say you, you live in an area where the break into cars a lot, you, you can have like different locks to your car, provided extra security. Right. And You're suddenly you move to an environment. That, where yeah. You move to an environment that is like a lot safer. And within a short time, some you 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 get so comfortable that you forget to even lock your car sometimes because you know for sure you're gonna come back in the morning and nothing is gonna happen. Right. So I don't know if that was the effect moving hard on me or you know uh, migrating here hard on me but for right. some reason sickle cell disease just never crossed my mind you know met my wife got married how it escaped my my mind I can't explain till today it's like I just didn't think about it because everything was just smooth and also because in the United States particularly you know in the, in the black community I never heard anybody talk about sickle cell, not even by, you know, mistake or someone just mentioning it. Like I completely forgot about the existence of sickle cell disease until my wife got pregnant. Okay, so I'm gonna, sorry to interrupt you a little bit. I just kind of have to do that. I apologize. Um, So as someone that's kind of in like, not kind of, I'm in the medical space, Um, you know, I have a bachelor's in biology. So like I I learned about sickle cell as a child, Um, obviously doing like general biology and all those things. And also in university as well, taking genetics courses. Um, I also work in genetics right now. Um, And so like I've come across sickle cell more than enough times in my life, obviously, um, like in terms of like, what's it called genotype like I'm AA so it's not like sickle cell isn't something I've been I would say directly affected by um but I've seen like I know people who have the disease um I have like an uncle who is not like my biological uncle who does have disease and so like I've come across I have friends who have the disease and so like I've seen like or I've come across people, and I feel like if you're Nigerian, like you've definitely at some point in your life met somebody that has a disease. But anyways, back to why I actually interrupted you before I go on like some long tangent. Um, so another thing with like learning about sickle cell, um, at least from like an American perspective and going to school here. Um, so like they will tell you that at least when I was doing like my research and learning about it in genetics, um, they would mention about how, you know, it's more prevalent 
African people who are from like, you know, sub-Saharan Africa, um, like parts of India, I think like certain parts of like South America as well. So obviously like, it obviously, you know, like draws attention to the fact that it's usually more like, you know, I guess less developed parts of the world. Um, mm-hmm. Sub-Saharan Africa, obviously like Nigeria has one of the, like the highest um, populations of sickle cell disease. Um, and essentially, so like, it's something to be aware about. And in the black community, like among, you know, African-Americans, um, I think they actually have like one of the higher rates of um, sickle cell as well, I guess, because of, you know, ancestral origins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it's definitely, I don't think though, however, like a lot of, you know, African-Americans or people in that community as, are as aware of it, um, because I don't, think I don't think it's as common as like you know in comparison to like Nigeria for instance mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people might definitely carry the trait um but just not know um, like a, a lot about it essentially um that's, so yeah that's, that's, that's what I wanted to add um yeah, that, that, that's very correct yeah my wife uh she she did her she's a public health specialist and um when we met sickle cell our genotypes was just nothing we ever discussed. As a matter of fact, she wasn't even sure, you know, whether she was she had the trait or she was AA. She wasn't sure of her genotype, and in the conversation actually never came up until she was pregnant. You know, you, that's how. Like, oh, another thing to like actually point out. I don't know why I said you, but like another thing to actually point out. It's just like I didn't want like the thought to go away. Um, so yeah, background is actually like important because like you know how you mentioned like relationships and you know talking to people breaking up relationships I've been in like obviously like I'm single unmarried and all that but like I've been like talking to men who like one of the first things like they would ask me is like oh like what's your genotype because like I'm like I'm a carrier of this trait um and like you know so they want to know if like you know the relationship can like move forward and things like that I actually did that in the past, surprisingly, maybe because of the environment that I was in, you know, six elders yeah, is somewhat uh, pervasive in Africa, Nigeria, particularly. And growing up, having lost uh, families and family and friends to the disease, we are more aware of it. And it's kind of like one of those things on the checklist before you even get serious yeah, it's, or, it's, you know, get a relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. so like I said, um, not to blame it on anything, I just never thought about it <laughs> so I, I do hear conversations where people are like you know how can you be aware of your genotype and you go ahead and marry someone who has a trait and then you give birth to a child who's gonna be in pain and, and all that these are these are things that I had to deal with you know so I mean when my wife got pregnant and we kind of started talking about it we went to the hospital she was probably four months three four months gone before that conversation came up so it was kind of like okay even if you want to do something about it it was kind of getting late and we're like let's just keep praying and hoping that 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 wouldn't be the case you know uh unfortunately i mean i i actually spent the rest of that pregnancy the 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 second half of it being very worried and prayerful hoping that that wouldn't be the case but unfortunately you know when we have the baby after the newborn screening yeah, they give us they always say that if you don't hear from us everything is good yeah, but if we call you back there's a problem because i remember we were going for i think it was a was it a six weeks checkup with our son and we we're driving back home when the call came in and they're like oh we're sorry the newborn screening came back and your child has a hbss which is a sickle cell yeah, disease i'm like yeah. you know i was i was in shock i was actually in tears because this is kind of like this is like I saw my biggest fear manifest in front of me. Like I never thought it could be me. You know, till today I can't even explain how I forgot or how I didn't think about it. But yeah, so that's that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about because for the first uh, two years, actually, I beat myself up a lot about it. I was uh, I felt bad for bringing a child to this world without having done like my due diligence before it even happened. So, you know, I I was consumed by a lot of guilt in the beginning of it. It took a while for me to get to that, you know, uh, point of acceptance to really know that, okay, it is what it is now. What do we do moving forward? You know, it took a while for me to get to that phase. And I hardly, for a long time, I I didn't even let anyone 
I didn't tell anybody about the situation. You know, some of my family members know, my siblings, you know, know about it, but I didn't, I don't discuss it a lot because I just feel people are going to judge you. They're going to be like, oh, you already know you have the trade. How could you do this? But at the end of the day, I've got into a space where I've just, I just decided to keep it moving, you know, whatever it takes to keep moving forward. I don't want to look back anymore. The date is done now. So how do I Move give on. my child the uh, best life? Best that he life yeah. You know, how do I make him, you know, most comfortable, be there for him and just give him the best, basically. But what has happened in the past, I can't change anymore. Well, how can I give him the best moving forward? And it took a while, but I actually, I, I, I'm in a much better space now, you know, and um, of course, like we have another child now who is AA. We went through a lot of different tests, you know, both before and during pregnancy to make sure that the same yeah, situation know. doesn't repeat itself. But as far as, uh, you know, my son, he's doing very, very well. Thankfully, we're in a country where, you know, there's a lot of like medical support. He has uh, some specialists. He has hematologists. He's also taking some, um, you know, meds to like keep his uh, blood from sickling. You know, just it's it's a lot that he has. To, we have to do like on a daily basis to make sure that he's good. And um, yeah, that's really where we are now. It's not a very easy thing to deal with, especially you know sometimes you have it at the back of your your mind that you could have changed it or you could have done something differently. But yeah, that was one thing that I had to deal with. So I can't I can imagine there are other people who probably are in the same situation or who, who are about to get married. And also I, I would say I blame that for the lack of uh, awareness here because I, I believe if there's enough awareness, I would have come across it somehow and that would have been a reminder for me, you know, but it just I never I told any you. time. So... I really believe more needs to be done in that area of getting people to be aware, people knowing their genotypes, knowing that if I have a trait, I can be with someone who has the trait. Or even if you're going to be with someone who have the traits, you know what the possibilities are. You know right. how to go about it. If you want to conceive, there, there are safer ways to go about it. There are tests that you can do to be sure. You know, So it's very important that people are aware of these things. Right. Honestly, thank you so much for sharing, you know, all those things. Obviously, very personal um, things to you. So I truly appreciate you, you know, sharing that information with us here today. Um, in terms of awareness, I couldn't agree more. Um, like I said, obviously, as somebody that was born and raised in Nigeria as well, um, like there's definitely that exposure. Like it's more commonplace to talk about sickle cell, the tree and the disease. Um, but I feel like when I got here, you know, there are a lot of other like genetic diseases that, you know, I would just like hear more about cystic fibrosis or just other diseases that like genetic diseases that would affect, you know, more white populations and not like, you know, other like minority populations. I feel like that's just kind of how in terms of like, at least my exposure and experience working in, you know, the medical space, um, even in terms of like funding, sometimes a lot of like diseases that affects minorities, like they don't have as much funding, um, unless it's like, you know, something that a lot of people have, like, you know, maybe cancer and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, in terms of awareness, there's a whole, like there's such a long way to go. Um, and I feel like, you know, that's part of the reason why I started this because I was like, you know, maybe someday somewhere, some person either here in the U.S. or some other part of the world, you know, listens to this and is like, oh, well, maybe I should hear what these people have to say or how does, or maybe there's one friend that I have that is, that might be in this dilemma and, you know, things like that. Uh -huh. So I think it's definitely very important to, you know, bring this into light um, and just let people know that, yeah, like there are a lot of things we don't know. I mean, yeah, obviously with technology and the internet, there's a whole lot of access to information but it's just the information is there, but how many people actually knew it? Um, True. So yeah. yeah. It kind of like it, it's kind of like when you listen to um when you listen to to adverts and stuff, you know, it, it kind of keeps you it's kind of some 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 sometimes you you're thinking of what to drink and you just saw a Coke advert 
30 minutes ago. It's like, it's just going to pop in your head to get a Coke because yeah. it's right in your face. You see it all the time. So of, if it gets to that level where it's talked about a lot, it will just become, you know, part of people's uh, subconscious. And it's just something they would think about without knowing they're even thinking about it. If right. we could get to that level to where, you know, people are more exposed to this information and people get to know it and it's talked about a lot, then I believe it's going to make a lot of difference. I mean, of course, it probably would have made a difference in my own situation. Right. So being in this environment, I'll say like in the United States, there isn't enough awareness at all when it comes to sickle cell disease. Yeah, there's not, there's not a, like enough. Um, there's more that could be done. Um, I'm sure if we said we wanted to sit down and like dissect this whole awareness issue, we'll be here like the whole day because really it's like, it's just yeah. not, right. Um, so yeah, anyway, so we're gonna, you know, move on. Um, so what would you say, obviously you've shared, you know, personal intimate details of your life with us, um, but I just want to know, what is the most important thing you want people to know about like this disease from like a, you know, like I said, I obviously have like that medical background, but okay. what is one thing, like if I was someone who, who has never heard of this disease before in my life, like what is the one thing you would tell me to look out for or like how, yeah, it's just like what, like peculiar thing about it would you say I should pay attention to essentially okay so for someone who um for someone who don't know anything about it or who hasn't had any kids at all I would say it's a disease that could be prevented you know by knowing your genotype by knowing who your, your genetic compatibility you know with your partner to be able to like uh prevent it from happening at all if you if you don't have it yet it's something that could be prevented but if you already have it or you have someone you know close to you like in my own case I have a son who has it I want people to understand that sickle cell disease is is not a death sentence you know right. of course it has its complications mm -hmm. but there is some kind of stigma I believe around it in Nigeria you know, I've heard people talk about how they can't even get in relationships because people believe that, oh, they have sickle cell disease. They're probably just, you know, going to die soon or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's it's not that way. Of course, uh, every it's it's uh, the cases are unique to the different individuals, you know, but we have to with a lot of love and care and understanding of the disease itself and how it works. It goes a long way, you know, to, it goes a long way in dealing with it or in managing it. So my son is just five years old. He knows a lot about sickle cell disease. And I, I feel like the best way to do it is to make him aware of his condition, yeah. to know like the do's and don'ts, you know, he can be, be, he can be out there at extreme temperatures, you know, when the weather is very, very hot. It can get, it can make him sick when the weather is extremely cold. It can be out there in the cold, you know. So it's just getting to like, he needs to be like uh, hydrated a lot. He needs to drink a lot of water. He, whenever he begins to see a little bit of sign of pain somewhere, it's, it's better to catch it early, right. you know, rather than late and just stuff like that, getting him to like understand the condition. Cause I mean, he asked a lot of questions like, why do I have to take this medicine all the time? And yeah, one of the hardest things also that, you know, I would say I've had to face is being able to, I mean, not necessarily um, telling him what he can't do. Of course, I want him to enjoy his childhood and do everything, but there are times where you have to keep a watch and try to regulate some of the things just so it doesn't get bad. And it will be stuff like that, I, you know, had to deal with. But generally, I would say it's preventable if you don't have it or if you don't have kids that have it yet you can prevent it by, you know, knowing your genotype, knowing your, your compatibility, knowing who to be with, or even if you want to move ahead and be with somebody who has a trait, if you both have a trait, there are ways to go about it, you know, seek medical advice and see how, see how best you can go about it. But also it's not a death sentence, the stigma is unnecessary, you know, all we need is to love and care for whoever it is going through. I call them, uh, the, I mean, they call, we call them the warriors, sequence yeah. of warriors, because it's not, and easy thing you can do, you can have all kinds of complications. But yeah, um, 
yeah, that, that's what I would say. Just if you know anyone who has it, show them a lot of love, don't stigmatize. And uh, it's not a dead sentence. It's definitely manageable. Yeah, that was excellent, Abdul. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't like echo you any better. It's just, yeah, it's definitely not a death sentence. Like I said, I know people who are living like good lives with sickle cell disease. And obviously like with like a lot of diseases in general, I'm going to kind of speak from like a medical perspective a little bit. Um, a lot of diseases essentially like exist on a spectrum, right? And so some people have like, so where I work currently, I see some patients who have like Williams syndrome and with Williams syndrome, for instance, um, usually have, they, they usually have like into some sort of like intellectual disability as well. Um, but like, there's obviously, you know, there's levels to it essentially. Um, some people would be like able to cope better than others, you know, through family support. And some people's diseases in general are just milder than others, you know. Some people would just have like more complications um, or like have like more symptoms of something. And so back to, you know, sickle cell, um, just like any other disease, like, like I mentioned, it's just, it's a spectrum. Um, some people would not have like as like there are people who like if they didn't tell you that like they have like you would never even know in a million years um so it really does exist on a spectrum obviously like abdul said it's not a death sentence um obviously be kind to people show love you know take care of others um think of you know people outside of yourself and all those things and just you know kind of put yourself in somebody else's shoes and kind of see how, you know, if I was like in that, if I was the one with this disease, like how would I want to be treated, you know, and try to treat people that way. Um, obviously, like we mentioned, there's still a lot, there's a long way to go in terms of awareness, especially even, you know, in the US here, where like it's supposed to be like the, a developed country, there's access to healthcare, um, it's supposed to be better than like other parts of the world. Um, there's funding, you know, all these different things. Um, so it's definitely important to just, you know, kind of put things in perspective um, for people and know that, yeah, not a death sentence, but people are living with this disease. Um, and it's important to kind of know more about it because you really never know who you're going to be helping um, by knowing more information. So, yeah, I'm done with my long spiel. Um, <laughs> Um, so you kind of touched on this question that I'm going to ask, like while you were um, talking about um, like what you want people to know about the disease or, you know, the most important thing you want people to know about the disease. Um, but like, I was going to ask like how, like, obviously, like, how would you say, like, I feel like this question is like, you kind of already like touched on it. Like how has this disease like obviously affected your life? Like, you know, obviously you have a kid who um, has the disease and you mentioned that, you know, you basically make him aware of his condition um, and stuff like that. But I more so want to know, like, you know, does it like make you question some things? Does it like affect like some of your interactions with other people? Like, you know, obviously in the beginning of this, you mentioned that, you know, you love meeting new people and, you know, interacting with other people outside of your immediate like surrounding um so mm -hmm. just you know kind of like on a broader perspective on a broader scale um yeah. how as has this like affected your life do you feel like no i'm not gonna ask you that because that's yeah. well, um i think uh one thing is uh it has it has made me a lot more empathetic towards people because mm. uh maybe because it's affecting me personally now i see things you know from a different perspective because yeah. i am something that i'm dealing with i have a son who has it and i've actually met more people you know with living with the disease in you know, older people both male and female that i've become friends with because of that just because i also mentioned in the beginning that i like to see people's perspective of things and this is also one of the reasons that i just you know be become friends with them try to see how are you guys, you know, dealing with this? I just want to, the same thing you're doing on this platform is kind of what I do personally, just to kind of understand how do you feel, you know, like this is you, you're the one in this body and you're dealing with this. How do you manage it? How do you cope? 
So it's I, I do that for different reasons, apart from the fact that I'm just interested in seeing how to deal with it. I'm also trying to get all these experiences because my son is just five. He's going to get, you know, become a teenager someday and even older. And I'm just trying to understand, you know, try to see things from the people who are dealing with it, how they have dealt with it, what they have gone through, you know, all the different coping mechanisms, you know, but one thing that I would say how it has really affected me is it has made me become a lot more empathetic. And when I see people going through, you know, different conditions, I just really can relate to it. Although maybe I'm not the one feeling the pain inside of my body, yeah. But I really can relate to what they're going through. And I try to, you know, help as much as I can. I try to be there as much as possible. It's, yeah. it's you know, it, it's it, it's not an easy thing. I've, it also keeps me on my on my toes because, you know, anytime, at any time of the day, at any time of the night, it could be an emergency. You might need to be in an emergency room. Those were the things that were a bit tough in the beginning. We've had times when, you know, like, like with my son when he was much younger, with other, with other babies, they could have a fever of 101 degrees and they're good, but we can't take that chance with my son. As soon as it hits 101, 102, we're going straight to the emergency room. We can't take any chances, you know. With other babies, you can just give maybe a painkiller or, you know, fever reducer and they would just be fine. It could just be a bug or just something very minor, but we, we can't take those chances, you know, in his case. Is this stuff like that where you just you just always have to be ready. He has a box, he has a bags packed where you just pick it up and just go straight to the hospital. You know, it's stuff like that you have to deal with. But overall, I would say the fact that I, I'm a carer to a child living with sickle cell disease, it has just made me a lot more empathetic in general. Yeah, um, I think empathy is like a, a very important um, trait to have as a human being in this world because um, you know I can harp on like my experience you know just like living in multiple countries um, working in healthcare doing research is just yeah the world definitely needs kinder people I would say that like just like categorically like the world needs a lot more kinder people because mm -hmm. a lot of people are suffering and people just don't care enough about other people. And in a way, you also can't really blame them because like life just gets so hectic. Um, <laughs> everybody's like so focused on themselves, um, trying to, you know, make ends meet and all these things. So it does get pretty stressful. Um, and so it's like, well, people are like, well, I just need to take care of myself. Can't really care about anybody else. But um, yeah, a lot of people are suffering. I personally do not like people like suffering. Um, it's just I just care a lot, and I hate it when like people around me like are suffering for like whatever. Even if it's not like a disease, just like if something's going on with them, it it bothers me a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of like you know sickle cell, it's just. I just hope that, you know, someday, like, this will actually be, like, a thing of the past where, like, we'll say, okay, well, now there's, like, a lot more information, and now what can we do with that information that we now have, and, like, you know, there's a lot more funding about it, like, you know, to, like, target it at, you know, this disease and stuff like that, so I'm really hoping and praying that one day, like, we we'll, we can sit here and be, like, wow, like, this has gone somewhere and all those things, so, mm -hmm. yeah one can only hope right yeah um, so I mean awareness is like something we talked a lot about obviously um we did say you know there's definitely not enough awareness about this disease um I'm actually curious to know like what strategies do you think like could be done in terms of like you know increasing you know said awareness like as someone in the medical community I know like there's like registries that people um and like databases that like people create so like websites um that have access to information but outside of that like you know there's usually like foundations as well like what more you know do you think people can do in terms of like spreading awareness of this disease well um for one, I don't know if I can say uh, sickle cell disease has even been prioritized in any way. And yeah. the reason I said that is because when you look 
online, you know, go to like peer reviewed websites, you the kind of information you find there are very outdated. You know, right. I, I was checking yeah. recently, and I think on CDC website, it was the kind of data you find there are probably 10, 8, 10 years old. So it kind of gives me, you know, I'm, I'm a bit pissed about that because I feel like it shouldn't be that old, you know, and if it's something that is prioritized, then it should be more recent, you know, there should be, of course, there are researches going on because uh, my son is also on a trial drug right now, yeah. which has also helped, I believe, mm -hmm. but they just, it has to be targeted, you know, towards certain demographics because right. sickle cell right. disease is a lot more like prevalent in, uh, you know, uh, the black community, African-Americans, Africans, you know, yeah, and that's where the target should be, like people who it really concerns, people who need to know about it. Because I've met a lot of people, when I meet people, I just, I, I, I do that on my own. I try to ask them. I've met really educated people and I'd be like, so uh, what's your genotype? And they're like, what yes. are you talking about? They don't even understand. They don't even know what, what the that? genotype is. Yeah. So it's like, it's, there's a huge disconnection, you know, between yeah. the people and just genetics in general. And then the fact that sickle cell disease affects just, um, you know, a certain type, type of people, there needs to be more education in those communities. Yeah, and it, the, and the numbers are. I actually believe if there's a if if uh there's a recent survey or different or a recent um you know, uh yeah a recent survey we would see that the numbers are much more than I think the last I read was is it one in one in ten, uh black child. I, I believe it's. A, I should know this epidemiology, but like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I truly believe it's a lot more than that. You know, I truly believe yeah, in a lot more. Definitely. Because, I mean, if something, the truth is like, if something is like, not like if there's not enough awareness about something, the chances are it's underreported, right? Because uh -huh. it's human beings that like, they're going to do research on and like, if people don't know they have something, so like chances are you're pr pretty much underestimating like the number of people, right? So, uh -huh. you know, I don't, you know, I totally agree with you in terms of like the numbers are probably not right because there are people who might have, you know, the trait or disease and they just don't know, uh, or like they have like a family member who has like complications and like, they just don't know what's going on. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think that like, it's, you know, it's underreported. It's like the numbers are definitely underestimated um, as well. So yeah, um, we're coming to the end of this episode. Um, and I, once again, just want to say, you know, I truly appreciate you taking time out of your, I know you like to be busy, but still I truly appreciate you, you know, coming and just, you know, having this conversation with me today. Um, so before you go, I have one like final question that I wanna like just, you know, ask like, is there anything else like you definitely mentioned like empathy you mentioned you know lack of awareness is there like anything else like you want to share today about like this disease or just like maybe even illnesses in general um at least from like you know the people that you've spoken to and you know obviously you've said a lot here today i've also said a lot here today um but is there like anything else you would like to share before you know we close this session and say good night um, yeah. um, I mean, I can uh, overemphasize, you know, kindness, empathy, because I mean, we, the the we we can have a a lot of awareness, and we can have uh, all these different uh, strategies put in place, but at the end of the day, you know, people, I I I personally believe that people live longer when they when they feel love you know people when people happen to be in this situation and they see a lot of love and support around them it really does help with you know coping and managing whatever it is they're going through it might be a bit better here but back home you know in in nigeria it's uh something that i believe people need to do better with you know yeah. empathy kindness I mean, I go online. I, when I see stories of sickle cell disease online, I, I sometimes I don't want to read the comments because for someone who is directly affected, 
it breaks my heart when I see the kind of things that people write sometimes, you know. And of course, it, there's no excuse. People always say, people always just assume that, oh, the parents are selfish. They should know better. Of course, they should know better. The parents are selfish. I've, I've, I've heard of cases of, uh, you know, couples being misdiagnosed. They got married and they have, you know, ended up having two kids with sickle cell disease because yeah. they just, uh, they, one of them was supposed to be AA and the other one was supposed to be AS, but the, the person who was AA was misdiagnosed and, wow. you know, have a, is, is actually AS, but the, 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 and they said they got the result twice. So I don't know how, I don't know what are the chances of getting misdiagnosed two times in different hospitals, wow. you yeah. know, but these things happen. We can talk about, you know, the blame, we can, we can, we can play the blame, blame game all day. Yeah. But when it happens, it has happened. And then what do we do to the people who are living with it? We, we, we can condemn people all day long, but the people who have to deal with this on a day-to-day basis need to be shown more love, need to be cared for, need to be supported. And sometimes all it takes is just a smile or just some kind words, you know? And I really, not just sickle cell disease, if you have anyone around you or you see anyone, even on the internet, you know, you really need to be careful the kind of things you type and put out there. But sometimes it can really affect people more than you think. Yeah. So just show as much love as possible. Of course, awareness is going to go a long way. When people know about it, it can help to prevent it, can help to, you know, reduce the, the spread of it. But we need to just do better. We need to be kinder. We need to you know, show more love and support to people who have, who have to go through this kinds of stuff on a day-to-day basis. They didn't choose it. I mean, unfortunately, it is what it is. They were just one with it. Yeah, one with this. Exactly. Um, Shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, born this way, born with this. Um, But yeah, no, thank you so much for, you know, agreeing to do this with me. I really appreciate all your insights. I definitely learned a lot from this. Um, you know, even I need to go and do all my homework, clearly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, this has been super, like, super duper beneficial. And I hope that whoever, you know, ends up listening to this is like, okay, you know what, maybe I can do something about this. You know, maybe I can talk to XYZ or I'm a physician in the space or I'm a, I'm somebody who has disease or like, maybe I should actually go and find out what my genotype is. So yeah, mm-hmm. all these different things. Um, and I hope that, you know, this is useful for somebody out there. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a great conversation. I love it. Thank you.